Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, legends? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Today, I've got a special guest with me here in the um, very professional studio, which is also known as The Office. Um, we've got the professional sign-up on the door that I've written a couple of months ago. It's got heaps of rips in it, but hopefully it works. Uh, but today, I am joined by women's health professional, Holly Sinclair. So, Holly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, firstly, we don't really know each other from a bar of soap, <laughs> as I said before, um, but... That's what we're going to use today's interview to, to kind of... It's the best um, way to get to know someone. It is. When I, you're I reckon it flies a lot better, I reckon. <laughs> um, so first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and then also um, kind of go into a bit more detail about just what women's health professional actually means and yeah. what areas you kind of um, work in, I guess, or what you kind of do. Yeah, so I run two businesses. Um, one is called the Women's Series, so I guess... As the name suggests, it's for women and women's yep. health. Dead um, giveaway. Dead giveaway, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other business is called Crosscoders Sport, which yep. is a global program designed to help women get into professional sporting codes. Okay. Um, so I've got partnerships with AFLW, Rugby Victoria. I work alongside Tennis Australia. Cool. Um, so I help all of the female athletes better understand their body um, and really like work with things like their menstrual cycle and understanding nutrition around it and all that sort of stuff. Right. And so if you were to narrow it right down, mm-hmm. what, what do you think, what, what is like the best way, like what is like one sentence that would explain exactly what you do? Women's health and wellness coach coach mm. right and what was the initial reason you got into this kind of field in the first place like what motivated you to to step into this space well i've been in the industry for 14 years right. um, working as a trainer sort of did my dash in the corporate gyms and then came up through the boutique gyms yeah um and i just organically moved into the women's health space i guess because yeah. like as you would know there's a lot of women that um, come to the gym yeah. and like more women than men, I feel, pay for training a lot of the time. Yeah. So yeah, I just started moving into that space, learning about women's health. Um, yeah, and I guess like being a woman myself, mm. um, it's really helped the process of being able to coach someone properly. And what does that look like? So when you're coaching someone, what are some of the, I guess, I don't know if issues is the best word to mm. use, but what are some of the things that you would work through? What's like a common... Um, yeah, I guess issue that you would work through. I think uh, a lot of women don't really understand because we're not taught to understand our bodies properly. Um, you know, I work a lot in sort of helping women understand that their body is, you know, you're not meant to have painful periods. You're meant to have a cycle that comes every sort of 25 to 35 days, um, you know. And also I think women aren't really... Uh, instilled with a lot of resilience and so helping women understand that not only is it about strengthening your body but it's about strengthening your mind Mm. um and becoming like can i swear fuck (laughs) like a badass motherfucker right and like playing playing at the same level of the boys but still 
um, being feminine and, you know, having all of those traits of a woman. So I guess that's kind of like really what I try to instill in my clients. Right. And I guess what areas do you, of women's health, mm. especially in, uh, probably more particularly in sport or within like the, the athletic side of things, um, what areas do you see uh, at the moment? are an issue and what areas do you see uh, doing well or have improved or that you're kind of proud of or, or happy about? Mm, I think like if we're talking about sporting codes, yeah. um, probably the biggest issues at the moment is that all of the research done for athletes is done on men. Okay. So, you know, we look at the AFLW as an example and yeah. they've got all of these injuries, right, especially knee injuries. A lot of ACLs. A lot of ACLs, right? Because women have Q angles, so our hips are internally rotated. But all of their pre-season training is done based off research for men. So that's probably the biggest limitation at the moment. But I reckon that'll that'll change as the uh, industries grow. Yeah. Um, This and then I guess on the flip side of that is the level of support that's been put into women's sport is phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Like the fact that the AFLW. Um, it's not there yet. Like I, I feel like it should be running at the same season time as the men's. Mm. Um, but you know, it is really heavily supported by the media. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the flip side to that whole industry. Yeah, yeah. I've done a, a bit of work with a few girls from AFLW. The main one being Katie Brennan, and mm-hmm. she's um, she's awesome, and she says a very similar thing. Like she's pumped with how much support there's been and. And um, and how much is gro- how quickly it's grown? It's pretty insane. How it's crazy. How quickly it's grown. I was at a um, even where it like started to be honest, like yeah, for it to start so like so well. Yeah, I was at a um, event earlier this year, and they were saying that they've had an increase of six hundred thousand kids into like Auskick and AFL since the AFLW started. So yeah, that right. just goes to show like how much. Um, you know, it's positively impacted not just young women but kids in general, I think, yeah, to okay. get into the league, yeah. Um, and then when we were chatting just in our little <laughs> Instagram message uh, yesterday, you were mentioning so, like, you work with some professional athletes, so it's not just... Um, I'm assuming it's not just footballers. Like, what no. other areas do you kind of work in? Uh, I work with Rugby Vic. Yeah. Um, so, Crosscoders has just partnered with them. So, basically, my business, Crosscoders, what we do is we place international talent into sporting codes. Um, a lot of our girls come out of GA, so Gaelic football, um, right. out of Ireland. And I'm just trying to sort of move into the more rural and indigenous communities as well. Um so we, so yeah, so a lot of the girls go into Rugby Vic now, so I'm starting to work with right. that side of things, which is tough for me because now I've got to learn rugby. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> like growing up in Victoria, man, I don't yeah, have I a fucking clue. Yeah, neither. Do you? No. No. Just run into each other. Yeah, but yeah. like I went and saw one of the <laughs> girls' games. Man, they hit like hard. Yeah. So um, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, cool. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just in negotiations at the moment to head up to Sydney with uh, Tennis Australia and work with the top 100 girls there. Awesome. And yeah. so, so it's not just bringing international players. No. In. So you are working with, like, Australian athletes yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, one of my clients, Taylor Harris, she plays for Carlton. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and she's, I think she's number seventh in the world now for boxing. So, you know, I get to see that side of the sporting code as well. And yeah, yeah I good. think that's the interesting thing I find anyway about AFLW. Like you said before, um, you would like to see the season be the same length. Mm. Um, I think at the moment, because it's not, you still are getting to see like 
some athletes that are still playing like two sports or are still doing two different things which mm. is pretty cool to see like um I remember watching, not really watching a lot, but like, uh, as I was was mentioning before, I'm a big basketball fan and used to play a lot of it myself. So like I'd go and watch the NBL and at the time there'd be games, um, we'd go and watch like Adelaide 36ers, for example, Mm -hmm. and the women would be on before it and Erin Phillips would be playing then and she was like an absolute gun. I've actually got a photo with her when I was younger, yeah, from the basketball. She was an absolute weapon of an athlete then, so it's so cool to then go and see her now playing. Yeah, because did you know the story about Ash Barty? Yeah, briefly, but yeah, do you want to talk about it now for those who don't know? She obviously just won the French uh, Open, which is amazing, Um, but she pulled back from tennis. Um, My understanding is that she just took a bit of a mental health hiatus. Okay. um, And she actually moved into cricket. Yeah. And she played, um, what's the fast-paced cricket? Big Bash. Big Bash, yeah. Yeah, She played with cricket for 18 months, did really well, um, and then sort of obviously stayed connected to some of the girls she'd previously played with, like Casey Delacqua and so forth, and they brought her back into tennis, and, you know, three years on, she's just won this Grand Slam. Insane, she's only 23. Oh, it's phenomenal. But that just goes to show, like, women do have more of a luxury to sort of um, move into different sporting codes mm. because of the fact that um, their seasons aren't as long as the men's at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Do you reckon, so with AFLW, obviously in particular, do you reckon that's an issue? The fact that because the season is quite short and then the rest of the year they may be going off and doing something else, do you reckon the standard can improve as quickly if, say, for example, the guys, like they're spending a lot longer playing and in mm. the off-season they've probably still got a ball in their hands or it's quite a short off-season and they're straight back into it. So do you, reckon it's an, do you reckon it's an issue at all? I think the biggest problem there, like the limitation is going to be that they don't get paid. Yeah. So like you're just not going to attract awesome talent into um, something where you're not really getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the thing is with the men, like they don't, they finish their season. They don't have to go do a nine to five job yeah. to make ends meet. Um, so they've got the luxury to sleep, eat well, train well, mm. do all that sort of stuff. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I just think the only limitation there is the pay bracket, to be honest. Yeah. And, and also, like, it just hasn't been around long enough. So as we, like, move through the seasons, you'll see better and better talent coming through. Yeah. Or, the, I guess, like, the bottom end players are going to improve, so the average is going to be better Exactly, and better and better. yeah. Um, the lot. I think, like you said before, with more juniors now joining programs, mm. you'd think, say, 10 years' time, the standard will be, like... Way better. Way better than what yeah. it is now because you've got like people that have actually been developing yeah. from a younger age. Whereas at the moment, you see a lot of like some of the girls have never played footy before. Most have Unreal athletes, and then there's grab. Who's footy. the girl that plays for Collingwood? Shani is it that her name? She used to be a professional netballer. Yeah, right. I'm not too sure. But like that would be a great yeah. example yeah. of it. Yeah. Just really good athletes that yeah. have been taught to kick footy and handball. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting. It's, it's definitely exciting. So with women's health. What do you think um, are some of, I guess, the biggest misconceptions or, or problems? Oh, yeah, I think women don't understand their bodies well. Yeah. I think where um, some of the biggest misconceptions is that, like for me, like if we, if we look at like a really taboo topic like contraception or the pill, because that's sort of like, you know, talked about a lot in the f- women's health community initially that was definitely done in support of women's rights okay so uh, in the 60s 
the pill came out and everyone was like, this is amazing, I can have a career, I don't have to get pregnant, that sort of stuff, right? But then, because we didn't have the science to really understand what those sorts of medications can do to the body, 40 years later, we're now starting to see the side effects of what it can actually do to the female body. Um, and so now I don't think it's in favour of women's health because, you know, it severely robs our bodies of B vitamins, it's linked to yeast overgrowth, it's linked to infertility, which is the irony, mm. um, you know, so like mental health issues, all of these sorts of things that really, is that still in favour of women's health? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, so I think like one of the biggest misconceptions is those aspects yeah. in terms of we've been led to believe that these are like in favour of women, but I don't actually think it is. Right. And like if you flip that, if you sort of have the whole um, like, you know, feminism conversation, um, if you look at contraception, well, women are only fertile four days of the month. So, and a man is fertile every day. So why are we the ones that have to wear the consequence to our health when it comes to contraception, right? So the FDA actually did do a men's contraceptive trial. Right. They looked at 320, uh, they, sorry, they tested 320 men yeah. and it was a syringe, it was an injection um, and it had a 97% success rate but 20% of the candidates of the trial complained of like sore injection site, like they might got a bit of a fever. Um, so they can the trial, right? Right. Now, if you look at the con contraceptive for women, okay, when they were going through the pill, three women died during the trial, okay? And 15% The trial of, of the pill. Yeah, and 15% of this women- This is in what, the 60s? In though? the 60s, had like extreme side effects. Like I'm talking like terrible mental health, anxiety, all sorts of stuff. And we're still using it 40 years on. So for me, I'm like, that is definitely not in favor of women's rights at all. Um, considering that trial for men was done only last year. Yeah. Or the year before. So I don't know. I think that's probably the biggest misconception that women have to use these types of things where you like, you know, if you want to, great, like, but make an informed decision, understand what it does to your body. Um, and especially in the realms of health and wellness um, and particularly like body composition results, it's really going to start impacting a lot of those things. Mm. You know, I'm not sure if you've ever dealt with it with female clients, but it's tough to get lean if you're oh, using yeah, things like that. the pill and yeah. marina and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the, the biggest issues at the moment. Right. And you mentioned at the start, obviously, you're a trainer yourself, mm -hmm. um, strength coach. So what uh, I talk a lot on the show about um, like lifting, like strength training for females and the benefits of it. So Yep. I'm assuming you yourself have done plenty of strength training yep. um, in your exercising or <laughs> My career. lifting career, I guess you could call it. Um, so what are some of the benefits that you've seen and like, is it something that you try and recommend um, females to, to try if they haven't before? Like a lot mm -hmm. of the, t like a lot of the questions or um, I guess concerns that I get from girls that haven't lifted weights before is tip is the typical like, get bulky. I'm going to get too big and bulky mm -hmm. or... I want to get manly and all this type of stuff. So what's your... Okay, well, there's a few things there, right? So the, the biggest benefit, I think, to women lifting weights is that you're building resilience. So if you're getting under 60 kilos on the bar, 
like that's tough right mm. so you're building internal resilience that's so good for yeah. your coping mechanisms yeah. and your ability confidence to and self-esteem. confidence yeah, yeah. and like taking on life you know um so that's the biggest plus from mine i mean there's so many biochemical um reactions yeah, that yeah. happen as well but like if women are talking about getting bulky that's not um so when you weight train you obviously have an acute amount of inflammation yeah. that happens and then if you go away and eat poorly, so if you eat pro-inflammatory foods, mm. then you're going to stay inflamed. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're going to look bulky. Yeah. So if your, um, uh, if your nutrition isn't on point, yeah. that's more likely, exactly right. likely to lead yeah. to a bulky composition yeah. than the weight training. Exactly right. Do you know what I mean? But I don't think people understand that very well. No. And you can see, in a way, you can see how... Um, how girls would think that especially when typically when you think of weights and strength training like mm. the first thing you would think is probably more so male dominant mm. um but yeah that, that's that's an area that i've really really enjoyed over the past however many years i've been a trainer now is is introducing girls to strength training and mm. seeing not only the physical benefits that they see but probably more so the mental yeah um, mental. aspect of it that that just it's crazy the confidence like mm. self-esteem like just yeah, and, and like you said, like all of a sudden you've got, and the results as well, like it's mm. fucked how, how insane you can, can change your physique completely. Oh, it's mental. And see that, you know, like that definition and fat loss results um, that a lot of females want, mm. but at the moment they're just on the Stairmaster or the cross trainer wasting their time. With a booty band. Yeah, um, fuck a walking sideways on a step, <laughs> I don't fucking get me started. But on. the thing is as well, like women, you know, like girls listening, uh, we lack a very, very important hormone, which is testosterone. Yeah. Like we like to understand how to get to like you've done physique training in the past. Like mm. so to get to the level of a bodybuilder physique, mm. like these girls are using performance enhancing steroids. Oh yeah. Fact. Right. Yeah. So like, just before you get going, so you're saying at the moment for those who are listening, if you're thinking of a female that looks like they're 100%. absolutely jacked. This is what Holly's talking about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, if they look jacked, they literally are jacked. Yeah. Like, they are... With anabolics. In, <laughs> with yeah. anabolics. Yeah. Um, they are eating, like, at least 3,000 calories mm. a day. Um, and they are training like a fucking crazy person, yeah, yeah. right? Th- to get to that level, it's just not going to happen no. for a general pop. Um, no. You know, like, I don't know how you sort of do it with the... Um, uploads of the podcast but like for anyone listening i'm 56 kilos i weight train like six times a week yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like I've, and like i i was talking to someone about this the other day like i've got a few female clients or a number of them now that when they came to me all they did was cardio and they would yeah. never even like consider doing weights now it's like the opposite every time i mention we're doing conditioning there's like oh yeah oh like, yeah i don't want to do any cardio it's uh, like when um it's like, when, do you reverse diet your clients at all? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when you first start that reverse dieting process with biggest clients. Biggest head fuck, yeah. Biggest head fuck, yeah. right? But then you get them all the way to base and then you go, okay, it's time to start putting you in a deficit. And they're like, are you serious? Yeah, like, And you're thinking, this is more than what you started <laughs> yeah, exactly at. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. So you can change your perception so, so quickly. 100%. I agree, but like, yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad that that's your kind of view on, on strength training. Yeah, and I yeah. think also like, um, uh, before we started the podcast, we were both talking about how we're potentially fighting this year in boxing. Yeah, <laughs> did I just launch that for you? Threw me under the bus. <laughs> um, 
so I think like doing some form of like mixed martial arts or boxing or you know something with a bit of grit and tenacity mm. is really good for women as well you know oh without a doubt yeah um what so I was looking through your um, Instagram mm-hmm. yesterday and some of the posts that you put up and stuff and I'm assuming you would get um, a number of DMs from from girls like yeah. that asking you specific questions so just give us a few examples of some of like the day-to-day conversations or questions that you may get well that's a really good question um, I get sent a lot of blood work okay. <laughs> in my DMs. Can you look at my bloods? Can you tell me what's going on? Yeah. Um, so that happens a lot. But yeah, I get a lot of questions. Like I get questions about, um, you know, the girls will tell me about what's happening with their period a lot of the time or, um, nice. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, or their mental health. Mental health is a big thing. Um, and also like when they should train, how to train around their cycle. That's a really common question. Okay. Um, because I do that with a lot of my female clients. Like, obviously you have to have a natural cycle. You can't do that on contraception, but, um, yeah, once we get them to a natural cycle, looking at doing more strength training in the first two weeks because you're more anabolic, you've got more estradiol in your body, um, which for women is our anabolic steroid. Um, and then in the second two weeks, because our progesterone's higher, looking at introducing things like HIIT training and um, more hypertrophy and more volume and stuff because progesterone is obviously very fat burning. Yeah. Um, so utilizing our natural hormones yeah, yeah. to, I guess, um, get the best result for the individual. Yeah, yeah, perfect. That's probably the most amount of questions that I get. Yeah. yeah. And I actually do get a lot of trainers. I mentor a lot of oh, trainers okay. yeah, at the right. moment. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really awesome, actually. It's awesome to see where the industry's going. Yeah. Because there's people out Definitely there... starting to head in the right direction, I think. Yeah, and like people really want to know how to help so, people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely invest in a coach who you know is investing in themselves. That's probably what I'd yeah, say. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, now, before we wrap things up, and I'll uh, I'll make well, I'll ask you to share like all your socials and your website and stuff soon. But I'll have the link in the the show notes. Yeah. Um, what's for I, probably more so for the females that are listening today? What's like the what's one thing that you would hope that they'd take away from the show, or um, one thing that you hope that they would understand? I guess about women's this? health. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you want to just wait till they? Show? <laughs> We've just had a visitor in the, in the <laughs> podcast studio. <laughs> um, I guess, like, the biggest thing for me is I just want women to know, like, you can do it. Like, you can, you know, you can be a boss. You can be badass. You can, like, achieve all of these things and feel really good. Mm. Um, and none of that requires being, you know, in a deficit um, you know, restricting your calories, that that's not living. Like, that. that mm. is not why we were put on this earth yeah. at all. You know, we were put here to thrive and have abundance. So, um, for me, that's the main message that I want to get across to my clients and my audience is, you know, life should be well lived, right? It should oh, be, yeah. yeah, you know, and, like, eat. Yeah. <laughs> eat yeah. and train and, like, you're training... Like for me, I used—I don't know about you, but I used to do a lot of cardio back in the day. Um, yeah, I used to do shitloads. Did you? Yeah. Man, my body fucking hated it. Yeah. Okay. Like I remember, I used to finish like ten k's, and my hips would be throbbing, mm. and yeah, you know, like that's not living. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people, and and I often like, I often compare, you know, exercising to jobs. Yeah. Like so, there's so many people training and 
like their way of training and what they're doing for work they fucking hate but mm. they continue to do it because they think that they need to do it yes. oh that's the only way yes. when, there's, when there's so many other ways to go about it to achieve the same result which in the end of the day everyone just wants to feel good and be happy yeah exactly exactly and like the thing is it radiates to all aspects of your life so if you're I mean I know it sounds cheesy but if you're not like internally happy with yourself um, and loving yourself it's going to be really hard to attract good people into your life mm. it's going to be hard to get the job of your dreams yeah. it, you know um, it's a mindset it's a, it's an energetic field that you start to create for yourself yeah. Yeah. that shifts the trajectory of your life you yeah, know so um, yeah and do- also that that energy then flows onto the, those around you as well it's hard to make especially if you've got someone that you're close to you've got a partner or whatever it's hard to then make them feel the right way yeah. If you can't even make yourself feel good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, there'll be there'll be moments where I'm sure you've experienced it, I've experienced on the journey of becoming, like, the best version of yourself. You've got to cut the cord on some people, you know? Like, there are... I talked about this um, with a friend of mine the other day. Like, yeah, there's inflammatory foods, but there's also inflammatory people, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they are actually going to get in the way of you getting a result for yourself. Mm. Um, because a result is not just body comp. Body comp is the end oh, result yeah. of changing your health. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, looking at all of those aspects of your life is really important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been fun. Okay. So we had a few visitors during the Yeah, podcast. it was good. Yeah, we keep it raw here. We just see what happens. Just set up anywhere and then just see how we go. Um, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find more of your content or get in touch with you? Yeah. I'll, I'll have those links in the show notes, as I mentioned. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, as always, the Women's Series. Um, and then you can jump on my website where I do run online memberships and subscriptions. Um, and that's just thewomenseries.com. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Holly, thanks for coming and joining the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast today. Guys, if you've enjoyed today's episode, which I'm sure you have, please do take a screenshot of the episode um, and within the next 30 seconds, post it up on your Instagram story, tag myself, tag Holly. Um, We'd love to get some feedback on the show. Um, So thanks again and we'll hope to have you on again sometime soon. Yeah, awesome. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed already, please do and look forward to chatting to you again in next week's episode.